can you take me home? I want a family. <laughs> it was so cute. Just, I felt her desire and that's what she always wanted. And she said, I just want a family that loves me. Are you ready to tap in to your power within so that your business can reach its truest potential? Hi, I'm Candace Haza, and I help business entrepreneurs access their inner GPS so that their business can grow and thrive. You are here to serve and to create an impact in this world. Welcome to the Intuitive Business Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Intuitive Business Podcast. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about when the universe gives us gifts, little surprises and how things line up. So I talk about alignment, my book's about alignment. So tell me, Candy, some alignment things that can happen in your life. So the last podcast, we were talking about spiritual upgrades level one and spiritual upgrades level two. And I talked about the fact that both of my dogs passed this this year, and some things are falling away in my life. And with that, what's getting in alignment or what's coming in that's new as my I believe my spiritual upgrade is in transition meaning I haven't found quite the end of it and I think as long as we're living here we'll never quite find the end of it but sometimes we have more difficult transitions and I think that's what I'm going through and I'm seeing that in so many other people because of the past the pandoodle what's happening is our identity is changing and so with it new gifts are also coming in as things are falling away. And I just wanted to describe how a gift came into my life that is definitely an intuitive business podcast topic. <laughs> so here we go. So I'm going to hold somebody. What are you doing? Are you okay? So I have this little one next to me. Sometimes she snores. So you might be hearing snoring. Here's my little gift that happened. So for about six months, my my girl, my dog, Abby, I've had her for almost 15 years. And for the last six months, she um, had downer syndrome. You know, uh, people that have dementia, sometimes when the sun goes down, their brain kind of just shuts off. And so they might be having a normal life most of the day, and then the sun goes down and their brain changes. I watched this with my mom-in-law. And so in the evenings, my dog would start yelping like, oof, 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 just like that. And then she'd be looking at the ground, like seeing images on the ground. And I'm like, honey, there's nothing there. You're okay. You're okay. And this would go on for hours every single night. Then the morning would come and she'd be like, where's my food? Let's have, let's play. <laughs> and this went on for six months. So my other dog had passed and June and then we were heading into October when my girl Jules passed away I had learned to talk to my dogs and I was I can connect to the database of the Akashic Records my one girlfriend tricked me into being a medium but I didn't have the ability to talk to animals my Dr. Doolittle channel was off <laughs> I just couldn't get it open and one day, I'm trying to think, it's been five years or more, and I was sitting downstairs and my one dog, Jules, was laying on top of me and my cat was laying on the other part of me. And there was no more room for Abby and she was more than content to kind of sit at my feet and I had just put the Christmas tree up. 
And the Christmas tree was Abby's, well, the holiday of Christmas was Abby's favorite holiday. I mean, she was always the first one up to see if Santa brought her gifts. She was like such a kid. And she'd wake everybody up and Phoenix would put like stickers on her, say, everybody wake up. <laughs> We'd come running down the steps. So Christmas was really Abby's holiday. And of course, all of ours too. She let us have it with her. But I never knew exactly why she liked it so much. And so we're sitting there by the fireplace. The fireplace is on and the tree was up with the lights on, just the lights, no decorations. And as all the animals were wrapped around me, I hear in my head, in this very special, special voice, in this very special voice, and it sounded like Shadow. I forget the name of the movie where there were all these animals and they escaped. The family was moving or going to a wedding. And there was this voice of Shadow. And Shadow's voice was very whispery and very dramatic. And in my mind's eye, I hear, you wonder why I like Christmas. I like the tree just like this. And so I opened my eyes and I looked at Abby and she's the only person of us that was sitting up or anything. And she was sitting up and she was looking at that tree and she was just looking at it like it was the most magical thing with so much love, truly. And so that was the day I learned how to talk to animals. With intuition, what I notice is once we find that doorway into the next realm, it seems easier to find it the next time. So Candy, what do you mean? So when I learned to talk to spirit, the very first thing I talked to were angels and guides. That's all I knew how to connect with. I knew how to intentionally connect with angels and guides, and I knew how to ask questions. And this happened around 30 years ago. I figured out how to do this with the help of a book and a TV show that I had watched at the time. So I immediately connected, and that's pretty much all I could do. I was introduced to the Akashic Records. And the Akashic Records felt so much more expansive for me as far as information. I could see more. I could hear more. It just felt like this vastness. And it was, it felt, angels feel like infinity, but I feel like I'm talking to an individual subset of a spirit. And then it goes to another spirit. And then it goes to another spirit. And each spirit that's needed with the question that I asked would come in. That's kind of how it worked. When I connected with this database, it actually felt like I was plugging into a Google search, like it was infinite. It wasn't just Sam, Harry, and Rebecca. It was this infinite database, and it felt huge. And so then I learned how to ask questions in that database. And then moving on, my girlfriend desperately wanted to talk to her father. And she said, if the Akashic records are all of the past, all of the present, and all of the future, then why can't you talk to people on the other side? I'm like, that's not how it works. That's <laughs> what I said to her. Well, she doesn't take no for an answer. And one day she um, invited me to her house for a little treat and some coffee or tea. And everything was set up with, you know, cute little dishes that she had. And I don't know, it was for her cabin and things had names on it. And she sat me down and there were three chairs and she was there and I was there. And I said, hey, I didn't know you were bringing a guest. And as soon as I said that, everybody had a piece of cake on the, on the everybody had coffees and teas. There were three coffees and teas, three pieces of cake and only two guests, my girlfriend and myself. 
And she says, hey, dad, pull up a sharp rock. I want you to meet my friend Candy. And as soon as she did that, I heard him and he was a big flirt too. Like I heard him being very engaging and very charismatic with his voice. He's like, hi, ladies, and very pleasant and very expansive, just a very joyful man. And I was connected and he was a spirit and he was on the other side. And so my girlfriend asked him questions and he gave her answers and I left and he came with me for three days. I was in the shower. He was talking to me. He was showing me pictures and images of his life. And it was interesting because he looked like he was in his 20s and some images looked like they were in their 20s. He always looked young until one day, many years after I met him on the spirit world side, I walked into his son's house. And when I did, he said, Oh, man, I said, hello, <laughs> because this is in my head. And it was unprompted. And I said, uh, Are you okay? And I knew it was it was this gentleman. And he said, I am. But he said, I passed away in this house. And this is my son. And he took care of me physically took care of me. He said the room you're standing in, I was in a hospital bed. And he got all choked up as a spirit. And he said, would you leave me alone for a bit? I want to sit and watch a TV show with my son. And he showed me the couch he was going to sit on. He showed me that he was going to be on his son's right hand side while I was watching the show. I told my girlfriend, she told her brother, he thought we, you know, I was a cuckoo bird. And then we left. That's the minute that this gentleman that was on the other side that I was having a mediumship relationship with showed me himself old. That was the first time he even remembered his death because he was so alive and his energy was so engaging and he was in his 20s, you know, or maybe early 30s at times when he would visit me. And then he showed me himself old. <laughs> he also showed me himself one day that was absolutely adorable. He was so much fun. I'm call, I'm going to call him Sam. So Sam, his daughter was afraid of bridges. I mean, she, we were going across one of these really big bridges going to New Jersey and she was freaking the heck out. And she's driving, by the way. So I'm not real happy she's freaking out. So she's like, I said, you know what, let's talk to your dad. So I closed my eyes. I said, Hey, Sam, I said, your your girl's afraid of this bridge here. And can you help us? <laughs> And then he was so entertaining. He showed himself in teal colored Superman uh, clothes, like a, a spandex type of outfit. And now he's showing himself to me in this 80 some year old tall man's body. And he had a bit of an abdomen. Now I, I've never, I never met him, but in this image, he had a bit of a gut, not, not really full, but a little bit. And he had skinny ass legs. <laughs> I just remember his legs were so skinny. And he had a Superman cape on and he had his name, his initial. Now, of course, I'm calling him Sam, which would be perfect, but he wasn't a Sam. And so he had that on his Superman shirt. And then he had this cape that was teal. And I could even see that it was lined in an underlining of material that was red. Like it was a very detailed image. And he thought this was funny as crap. And he's, 
<laughs> he puts his right hand out and he's like literally making like a Superman flying image above the car. And so, of course, I'm sharing my girlfriend this image. And I said, oh, my gosh, you should see these teal colored pantyhose. They're in little wrinkled pools in his ankles. Like that's how detailed this guy would show me himself. And so, of course, we get over the bridge and my girlfriend's fine. And that's where we were at. So that's mediumship. And that's how it came into my life. The next thing that came in was animal communication, like I had shared before. And then that was with Abby. So moving forward, I have a dog named Jules and Jules is just amazing. Jules was a runaway, a rescue, and she had a litter of puppies. And then when I got her, she was pregnant with another litter. And it was, you know, it was just a journey of a dog, a lost dog. And so we get this little girl in our house and I just adore her and our relationship grows and grows and grows. And one day I'm outside at the pool. And one of the things that she liked the most is I would set up my little desk at my pool because it would be like a standing desk. And so I have some back challenges and this was a way to support my body and still work in the summers. And so I would put a towel down and tea and my pen and stuff. Jules would come and lay on the blanket and look right into my eyes. So all day long, I'd be looking right into her eyes. And so one day it was super sunny and I put sunglasses on her and a hat <laughs> sitting there and the sunglasses moved down and I look into her eyes and she has a hat on and she said, did you know I found you? I was like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Did you found me? And she said, when you were a little girl, and I lived across the street. You used to ask me to play in your head to my head. And I said, holy shit. <laughs> I've never told anybody this. And my dog is telling me this. So what my dog was talking about, and by the way, the dog that I'm talking about right now is Jules. And who she looks like is a Border Collie mix. So her face looks very much like a Border Collie. When I was a little girl, when I was like four or five, there was a judge that lived across the street and it looked like a southern plantation and had pillars on it. Well, in our dining room, there was a picture of like a southern plantation. So as a young girl, I think what was happening, I was like, oh, look, like things on our outside world come to the inside world. So that house must have been the mural that's in the dining room, <laughs> which it absolutely wasn't. The mural was an actual Southern plantation, you know, those old dining room murals, and that's what was there. And so across the street, it looked quite similar, but it wasn't the identical building. Also across the street was a border collie. So as that four or five year old girl, little girl, I used to watch Lassie on TV. So of course, I also thought Lassie lived across the street. <laughs> so that dog was Lassie in my mind. And in my mind, I'd sit there and I remember this little window, I would look out and I would see this dog. And I'm sure some of the challenges that my parents were having is we had a little highway that was actually a main thoroughfare. So it was a very busy highway. It was Route 68. And my dad would never let me have a dog because so many dogs were injured and killed on that road. And just one mishap, one time you leave a door open and it's, it doesn't end well. So 
my dad didn't want me to experience that. He loved me. He was so sweet. And he, and so I was never allowed to have a dog. And I think he was anxious about the fact that I was looking at this dog all the time. So he would move me away from the window often because he didn't want me to see the dog. I think he didn't want me to approach the dog. So guess what? This is the exact story that goes through my mind when Jules says to me, I finally found you. Jules was claiming, and I believe her because I never shared this story with anybody. And I didn't even have a conscious memory of this story. Like when she put this vision in my mind, when, so dogs sometimes will communicate with images and they'll they'll show you through their eyes or through kinesthetic, through touch, because that's what they do is they see and then they hear and then they experience touch, but there's no verbal communication. But sometimes they'll develop a voice like Abby developed a voice. Jules, the only thing that she said is I found you and then an image appeared in my mind of me as a child finding this what I called Lassie. When Jules started to pass, it was a three day process. And oh my God, I just loved her so many ways. We sat outside and we sang somewhere over the rainbow. We have lights underneath our awning and we had them on the rainbow colors. Everybody came to say goodbye to her, friends, family members. It was so beautiful. Everybody was home. My sister was visiting. And so when the time was growing near, I said to Jules, you have completed your mission. You are a very good little girl. And we loved you. And we love you endlessly. And we'll always love you. Thank you for being a good little girl to my boy. And helping to raise him. Then I stopped and I said, Honey, if you could come back, can you show mommy in my mind what type of dog you'll come back as so that's the breed I can look for? Like, show me what you'll look like. She showed me a King Charles Cavalier Spaniel. It was so clear in my mind. And it was, um, the tricolored. That's what I saw. A very distinct image. And I said, oh, you're so beautiful. And then I heard her say, I want to be smaller. So daddy will let me go in the RV because that's my dream. We used to have an RV. And now that we're getting older and retired, that was my dream to have an RV. And my husband um, and I would go on this journey across the country at different times of the year. And we would visit people and go to warm places when it was cold and bring our pup, right? And so that's what she showed me was this beautiful dog. Move forward and Jules passes and that's in June. And then Abby's still struggling and she's still doing the woof, woof, woof. So I knew that it was literally, she was heading to her 15th year in January. I knew that it was, it was time, you know, for her to go soon. She was in pretty good shape, but I knew something was off. So in the meantime, I tell my girlfriend this story. I'm like, guess what? Like when Jules was passing, she told me this story and she said, that's fascinating. She said, but then I saw her eyes tearing up and I said, and she is not a crier. And she says, and her lip starts quivering. I said, what's going on? And she says, I don't know any breeders except one. And she brings breeds King Charles Cavalier 
So this woman happened to work in our joint bank that we both belong to and have a joint checking account for our business together. <laughs> and so I avoided that bank like the plague because this woman was a breeder of those dogs and I knew it would be game over if I walked into the bank and if she had puppies. So long story short, I avoid, I avoid, I avoid June, I avoid July, I avoid August. And then September comes and I had all this change and I was clearing things up and I wanted to go to a bank that had a change machine. And I drove to my bank that had a change machine and it didn't, it wasn't there. So I called my girlfriend. I said, Hey, I, I thought you said there were change machines and I can't find any. And she says, Oh, well, in our joint bank, <laughs> they just put in a coin machine. I'm like, oh, son of a gun. Because by now I have all the coins in my car. They're heavy. And I don't want to like bring them back into the house. I'm like, I'm going to have to go to our joint, you know, friendly bank that has the lady that has the breeds, the same dog that I would someday want. So I go in there and I'm like, hey, and I introduce myself and she's like, oh my gosh, yes, I remember your girlfriend, Tina, telling me about you. And she goes, you know, it's September and we don't plan on having any puppies until sometime in spring. And that's a hope, you know, that's if everything works out. I said, I'm not in a big hurry. I still have my Abby girl. I do know that she's struggling a bit and I hope that I can keep her a bit longer. And I walked away and she said, but, <laughs> you know, that infinite, but, <laughs> but there is a dog and the dog is from my girlfriend and she's up in the Philly area and she has been a breeder pup and she's had three beautiful litters of puppies and she currently has puppies and she's going to be retiring her and she might be a good fit. But so there was the second but and she said, but she's a pretty dirty dog. And I said, what do you mean? And she said she pees and poops in her cage like, that's really weird, especially for that type of a breed. Those breeds are usually a really good dog, usually really like to be cleaned and groomed. And I said, that's unusual. And then my heart started to ache for this dog. And I thought, well, I don't know that this is going to be my dog. I don't know that I'm ready. And I, maybe I want a puppy. I'm not really sure. But I can talk to animals. So I thought, I'm going to call this lady and meet her. And I put the card in my purse and I, I didn't really think much about it, but I thought maybe I can help this little dog. Maybe I'll be able to talk to the dog and see what's up. So I call this woman and I'm going to call her um, Cindy. So I call Cindy. I say, hey, Cindy, you know, and she's like, oh, I've been waiting for your call. I heard that you might call and that you're an intuitive and you can talk to animals. And I said, I can. And she said, well, can you talk to Miss Bella? And so we talked to Bella. And the first thing that Bella said is, can, can you take me home? I want a family. <laughs> I'm crying because she's just, it was so cute. Like I just, I felt her desire and that's what she always wanted. And she said, you know, I've had these puppies and it's been hard. And she said, I just want a family that loves me. I said, all right, little one. <laughs> I said, but you got to show me that you can be potty trained because I have a clean house and I want to sleep with you in my bed. And if you're a pee pee pooper, I said, we're going to have some challenges. I want you to be at my house, but you have to show me that you're a good girl. So I bring the, the owner back on the phone and like, we're all talking and I, you know, she ends up 
literally, she used to live where I used to live. Both of us grew up in the same area, which is kind of a rural little town. So it was interesting that we knew each other. So everything perfectly aligned. And she said, well, on, I think it was October 24th or something, you can come. But why don't you come this Monday and meet Bella? But I have to get her shots and I'm going to a wedding next weekend. So I can't get the shots that weekend when you come on Monday, but the following weekend come up and if everything works out, you know, you can have the dog. But before that conversation, she said to me, um, I said to, to Bella, you have to show me that you're good, uh, you know, about you can be trained. That's all I asked her. I said, I know it must be hard. Your environment's probably more difficult, but can you show me? So the first night I get a text message after the night and she says, can you believe there was no pee and no poo anywhere in the cage? I'm like, Oh good. She can listen. Like that's all I needed to hear that one time. That's all I needed to hear. But each day she would give me an update. What I decided to do, because my heart aches so much for this little girl, this little puppy saying, can you take me home? Is I decided to, if I could talk to her in her head in that moment by the phone, we're all just energy. So what I decided to do is telepathically talk to this dog's higher self through my higher self. And I would tell her a story and I would call it the land of Bella Luna and her coming to the land of Bella Luna. So Bella Luna is one of my girlfriend's dog is Luna and it's a little girl and Bella. So I thought they'd be friends and swim maybe this summer. So I called it the land of Bella Luna. And I told her in this special land, there's a swimming pool and it's a kingdom. And there's a queen, Abigail. And Queen Abigail was never able to have any children of her own. And she was looking for a little princess to take over the throne. And I said, Princess Isabella. So I gave her a new name because she says, everybody used me for my beauty. Like the first person got me because they wanted me to be a show dog. And I didn't want to do that because I wanted an owner that wanted me to be their puppy. And then the second person got me and she decided I was so pretty that she'd breed me for puppies. And she said, so I don't want to be like considered beautiful anymore. Like I want to be something else. So we gave her the name Princess Isabella. And I said, and so Princess Isabella will someday be the queen of the kingdom of Bella Luna. That's what I called it. And so I would tell her the story every night and that she would come. So in the night when I would come up to my steps, I'd say, Bella, let's come upstairs. And I'd start calling her energy in. And in my ears, I literally could hear the boom, 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 boom of the steps and the ding, 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 ding of the chain right on her neck, the little, her little bone, whatever that's called. <laughs> and so that's how the whole thing started. Day three, I get a text message from the current owner and she goes, what are you doing to my dog? My dog is sitting there like dream state. Her little eyes got light came back into them and she's like looking up into the air like in a daydream. And she says, I don't know what you're doing with this little girl, but she's really loving you. In the meantime, I go and get a little lammy and I put the collar, you know, that I was intending to place on this dog when I got it. And I'm sleeping with it because I figured she'd be in her crate and I wanted her to smell me on the animal. So eventually when she came into bed, 
it would be comfortable for her and that she would know, know that she was safe. So that's how we planned it. So the weekend starts to come up, you know, we're butting up against the weekend. It's Friday. On Saturday, I get a text message from the current owner of the dog. And she says to me, hey, I'm going to call her Cindy. Cindy says, hey, can you believe the bride and groom got COVID? And so I can actually go to the tractor place and get Bella her shots. And on Monday, when you come to visit her, you can actually take her home. Oh my gosh, I was so excited because one of the challenges is it is not easy to maintain a vibration to talk to spirit, to animal, to anything. And so holding that space for Bella took a lot of energy for her and for me. And I could start already feeling it fade after many days. We were on about day 10 of talking in our heads and I started to feel it fade. And I was concerned that if I came on Monday and left her there, that she would think that she was left behind. And so that was one of my concerns. And I kept telling her, I'm going to come and see you on Monday, but then I'm going to leave you with Cindy and then I'm going to come pick you up again. So I'm kind of telling her this in her head and not knowing if any of this is going through. So Monday comes and um, I, I meet Miss Bella and oh my gosh, she runs right over to my daughter who is a total dog whisperer. My daughter scoops her up and places her right on her lap. And I could tell Bella was content with my daughter and I was so happy and I felt like she knew me, but my daughter's energy is so much more open to like, she's a dog whisperer, literally. So, so anyways, um, I got to bring my girl home. So for a week, uh, we just, from that Monday to the following Monday, we just, there was so much integration and so much healing of heart and her body. So we were working on all of that and really having a good time. Before I brought her home though, I sat down with Abby and I said, honey, I promise you I would never get another dog after you were gone. But after Jules left, I'm sad without my second girl so I'm wondering if you would accept a sister in this home today and if you could help transition her into this home and show her the way because you're you're my queen you'll always be my queen as my queen Abigail and she just looked at me very prim very proper and just sat there and you know completely engaged in the conversation I was like okay and that was that so during the transition of of bringing Bella into the home, Abby was kind of off to herself a little bit. It was quite a lot for her, but yet she'd help me, you know, she'd go outside, she'd be smelling and looking and Bella would be smelling and looking and that helped Bella. The next Monday comes and it is trick or treat. And I put collars, like I had decoration collars for both of them and they look so pretty. But a weird thing happened. It was the first time both of them independently made a choice to come into the kitchen both of them sat down while I was at the sink. And when I turned around, both of them were looking at me waiting for a treat. Now, this was very the very first time that this ever occurred. So I looked at the girls and I said, oh, my gosh, you girls, I am so proud of the way that the two of you became, became sisters. Let me give you some treats. And they went on their way. So the girls had greeted every single trick-or-treater, all the little girls and all the little boys, and they were just so animated, both of the dogs. In that moment, I thought, I could not be happier bringing this other dog into my house. She has just integrated so nicely. 
The next day I came down the steps and Abby was laying kind of on the back side of the couch and she doesn't usually lay there. I was like, hmm. Most of the day went by and Abby was still laying there. And by dinner time, I'm like, hmm, Abby, what's going on? I knew we had a problem. I'm not going to get into the rest of the story, but it was starting to be her time and I had to call for help and we had somebody come into our home to help with the transition. It had only been one week and two days from the time I got Bella in that very unusual way until my girl Abby left us. In our lives, we are given gifts exactly, exactly when we're meant to have them. Bella was dropped gently into my lap right when I needed her. As I talked about on my last podcast, a lot of things fell away in my life from June on. Some of the things that happened is my girlfriend's brother and one of my friends left us through his own hands. Two colleagues of mine also left this world through their own hands from the university back in my 30 some years being there. And the influence that they made and the impact on students was very huge. Then I had a girlfriend who went through, I call it the Frankenstein surgery. She looks great, but they had to borrow parts to rebuild and reconstruct her face that had a growth. It was a horrific surgery. I'm not even going to tell you all the parts. I don't want to shut you down. (laughs) It was bad. And that went through my whole system. And I didn't know, I I could see that she wasn't going to go away, but I didn't know how she would come back. And instead she came back really good and really strong. I'm so proud of her. I am proud of you, my friend. And you know her name. And then with my mom-in-law dying, my son moving out, and my husband and I decoupling, I have to tell you, I was in a bad way, and this little girl showed up just in time. I want to talk about the moment that Bella showed me her heart, and that the two of us were needed together now. So I was driving in the car, I was heading to Pittsburgh, my husband and I had made a decision to decouple, he was living in his house, I was living in my house, but we made a decision to go to see my sister because we'd already made a commitment and purchased tickets to see a comedian. So we're driving in the car and all of a sudden, I mean, I had been crying for hours. All of a sudden I felt almost like wind come into my heart. So if you can imagine a breeze floating into your heart and landing in there, that's exactly what this felt like. And it was Bella. She showed me her heart. The injuries that I was going through, some of the loneliness, some of the not feeling heard, she had in her heart. And then I heard a guide say, your two hearts will match, your rhythms will become one, and you will start to heal each other. So I hope you enjoyed this episode about the journey of Bella coming into my life, why she came into my life, and how she's helping me 
with my personal upgrade. So moving forward, if you hear little snores in the background, she also is my personal office assistant and she has her own space in my office and I have no heart to close the door and remove her. So enjoy the little snores and know that that's from a sweet little peaceful dog that came to me through a special way and we have a very special connection. So here's wishing to your upgrade and your special connections to be delivered to you quickly, easily, and sending you love and light. Thank you for tuning into this episode. I hope that you feel more connected to your power within and that you take action from the guidance here today. For more information, please head to CandiceHaza.com where you will find more resources to help you and your business grow to the next level.